Welcome to the Life in the Rock podcast. Here you'll find a commitment to sharing with others the challenges and joys that accompany our being a part of God's family. The goal is to offer relevant and thought-provoking material on today's issues. Thank you for listening. Well, I'm delighted today to have my good friend Jeff Jenkins joining me this morning. Jeff and his brother Dale founded the Jenkins Institute in memory of their father. Uh, Through the Jenkins Institute, they encourage ministers around the world with seminars, books, podcasts, numerous additional resources. Uh, And I would encourage you to visit their website at thejenkinsinstitute.com. Jeff has contributed to a number of books. He's the author of God's Plan for Unity, uh, Thoughts from the Mound, and More Thoughts from the Mound. And I would encourage you to get a copy of each of these. Uh, You can do that by visiting thejenkinsinstitute.com. You'll find uh, their store there where you can uh, get these books. Now, Jeff is the preacher for the Louisville Church of Christ in the Dallas area. Uh, He's been serving that congregation for 16 years. And as a matter of fact, Jeff, this month, you're beginning your 17th year at Louisville. Is that right? That's right, Keith. Actually, uh, this coming Sunday, we will we'll begin our 17th year of working wow. together. We, we started uh, the first Sunday in July in uh, 2004, so it's been uh, 16 uh, great years, been through a lot together, but great years, and, and uh, it's great to be with you today. Thank you for That's having great. me on. I'm so glad that you're joining me, and I, ju- I just want to know, how is life in Louisville right now? Well, probably not much different than it is in Little Rock. Uh, everything seems to be running at a snail's pace, you know, a lot <laughs> yes. slower. Um, but uh, there's a lot of—I know there's a lot of downsides to what we're dealing with, but there's some upsides too if we can if we can look through the uh, the maze of of the difficult parts of it. I think probably there have been some marriages that have been strengthened and. Mm-hmm. Families have been made stronger, and some relationships have been uh, helped uh, because mm-hmm. of time together that people have not been able to have or haven't thought that they could have had in the past. And so, try you know try to look for the good things as much as possible, and then try to help people who are going through difficulty. Church at Louisville is doing well. We're, we're we meet twice Sunday. We may have kind of two services kind of the same the sermon is not the same but uh, it's kind of identical uh, services and uh, have all the folks who are attending we're doing our wearing masks and social distancing mm-hmm. that we're supposed to do and trying to protect each other and show our concern for one another that's but, uh, great god has god has been good to us well uh, i want to talk with you about our communication we have uh We've been doing a series called Before You Post, and it deals with our communication, whether it's uh, verbal communication, whether it's uh, sending emails, text messages, or uh, social media platforms. And certainly our communication today with regard to the amount of social media communication that we engage in is much different than it was a few decades ago. And and so uh, part, of, uh, part of something that we've noticed, that I've noticed, is that uh, there, there are times where uh, someone will say something, they'll post something on, on social media, and uh, and maybe they didn't intend for it uh, to be taken the way that it was. And so there seems to be a lot of 
um, a lot of misunderstandings uh, today with some communication, and, and I think it's very important. So that's what we've been talking about. And, you know, we know that uh, as followers of Jesus, we are to reflect Christ. And I want to get your thoughts on a couple of things with regard to be being image bearers. And one of the passages that comes to mind is, is from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, where Paul talks about Moses and uh, having to put a veil over his face so that the Israelites uh, wouldn't be overcome uh, by the sight of the glory of God reflecting off of the face of Moses when he descended from Mount Sinai. And then, and then Paul goes on there at the end of that chapter to talk about how we, uh, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Uh, and, and the idea of how we are to reflect Christ to the world around us. And I think that probably uh, spans uh, the, uh, the communication gamut, as it were, uh, with regard to being image bearers. And certainly we were all created in the image of God. And one question that I would have for you is, you know, why do you think uh, sometimes it's a struggle uh, to be image bearers? Well, well, Keith, that's a, that's a great passage you mentioned there. And, and the, the distinction between what happened with Moses and what happens with us just kind of blows my mind to think about when Moses comes down after being in the presence of God, he is told to veil his face because they don't want to, like you said, to over, to be over, the people to be overwhelmed. But now we're told to walk around with unveiled faces because maybe, I don't know, maybe God recognizes that some people do need to be overwhelmed with, with, yes. uh, with his glory. Um, or maybe, maybe we did, we don't have the, uh, uh, the knowledge or the wisdom or whatever that Moses had, but, God wants us to be a light in the world. I think about some other passages like Philippians 2, 5, where Paul said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And part of the answer to the question you asked me is that we forget, uh, we forget who we are. It's a mindset. Hmm. So it's not just, it's not just the knowledge of scripture, but it's trying to develop the mind of Christ. It's one thing to know what scripture says. We can quote, you know, you can quote a hundred scriptures. I, I heard some of the old time preachers used to say, you can have a head full of scripture and a heart full of sin at the mm -hmm. same time. Mm -hmm. So somehow we've got to develop the mind of Christ. Um, and when we, when we, when we let our affection, I think about Colossians 3, 1, uh, set your affections on things above when our focus and our mind and, and uh, our mindset is on the world then it's easy for us to forget who we are. It's easy for us to forget that we are image bearers. Uh, but maybe even more than that, um, we forget that uh, every person is an image bearer. Mm. Um, you know, we think of ourselves because we are disciples of Christ, mm -hmm. because we've been uh, a part, experienced the new birth, that we somehow are different than other people and there is a degree where that is true because we are trying to, to share the likeness of Christ. But we forget that the people who haven't yet be, become Christians, they're also image bearers of God. Mm -hmm. And to that degree, we are the same. 
Uh, every person is the same because every person bears the image of God. Ecclesiastes 3 says that God placed eternity in their hearts. Mm-hmm. And what that means is that every individual that we see, the ones that we know, the ones we don't know, they all have eternity in their hearts. We are all image bearers of God. And so um, it becomes a struggle when we forget that, when we forget who we are and when we forget who other people are, I believe. Mm-hmm. Now, no doubt, we see glimpses of it from time to time. We see, uh, even in people who aren't Christians, we see glimpses of eternity in their heart when they do something kind or philanthropic or, or caring. Mm-hmm. That that doesn't come from Satan. It comes from God, and so we can see the see the eternity factor in their life. And the more we can look for that, and the more we can, as Christians, can remember that, I think the better we are being able to do uh, to treat people the way that we should. Yes, I like the idea of remembering that all people are created in the image of God, and certainly. You know, in our in our world today, in our country, particularly today, um, there's a you know there's a there's a, a big need uh, to remember, in fact, that we've all been created in the image of God, that God uh, loves all human beings, and and I think it's a, a challenge at times, especially because of uh, of so many differing opinions. It's a challenge for us to uh, to share our thoughts. Uh, in a way that um, is not offensive to to someone else, uh, I find uh, myself um, being being a little timid uh, to really put my thoughts out there, and, and I think uh, largely because I, I understand there's going to be a great deal of of criticism that comes, and, and really it seems that no matter how we communicate, no matter what we say. Uh, there's going to be criticism. Do you think that might be? Um, do you think that might be something that people uh, don't think about when they when they uh, communicate, whether it's uh, whether it's verbally, whether it's uh, sending emails or text messages, or especially on social media? I do, Keith, and I think you know you you mentioned that you feel timid sometimes about putting things out there, mm-hmm. and think that we should feel that way unless it's a matter of, of uh, in hell, unless it's a matter of eternity. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. we, we should feel that way. And, some, and sometimes I think we confuse uh, being passionate about something and whether or not our passion is a good thing or a bad thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I hear some Christians sometimes who say, well, I just have to speak my mind because I'm passionate about this. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's good to be passionate, but our passion, what, what is it that's driving our passion? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Adolf Hitler was passionate, <laughs> but, but he mm-hmm. killed six million Jews. That's right. Uh, so, you know, everybody is passionate, and, and that's, I think that may be a part of this eternity thing that's in us, but it's one thing to be passionate, another thing to say, how important it is for my passion to be seen and to be known by other people. Mm-hmm. Um, if 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 we're talking, you mentioned everybody has a different opinion. Well, if we're not dealing with things that are called heaven and hell issues, mm-hmm. then 
any one person's opinion is as good as another person's opinion. Mm-hmm. And it is as valid as another person's opinion. You know, someone... much of what we Go ahead. Yeah, much of what we post and what we, we deal with on social media really are matters of eternity. Um, matters of my opinion versus somebody else's opinion. I, mm-hmm. I think about I mean you know, one of the big elephants in the room is, do we wear a mask or do we not wear a mask? Mm-hmm. You know, do I, should I wear a mask every time I go out of my house? Should I, do I have to wear a mask at church? And all of these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody's got an opinion about that. That is not a heaven or hell issue. Right. And and so I need to remember, and, and people, there are people who are, who are extremely passionate about wearing masks. There are people who are extremely passionate about not wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, they would both tell you they're right, and the other person is wrong. Mm-hmm. Unless, that's, unless that's an eternity matter, I need to be careful and remember that that this is the way I feel about this, and I need to be conscientious about other people's feelings as well. Mm, very good. What do you think are some things that Christians need to keep at the forefront of our minds as we strive to be image bearers, and especially during times where emotions are are running high much like what we're experiencing today in our country i think the first thing is is to remember who we are that as as we've talked about we're image bearers of god Mm -hmm. and then what what does that mean in a practical way the Mm -hmm. way i live my life Mm -hmm. well the first passage that comes to my mind is colossians 4 verse 6 where paul says let your speech always be with grace seasoned with salt so that you'll know how you should respond to every person. Mm-hmm. That verse right there, be, I wish that every Christian would somehow paste that verse on the top of their phone or their computer screen mm-hmm. before, or their iPad or whatever, before they type something and post it on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That verse is packed with so much um, uh, so much uh, wisdom for our day, and it fits our time. Let your speech always be seasoned with grace. Always. Mm-hmm. That that means there's never a time that my speech should not be seasoned with grace. Yes. Somebody says, "Well, I'm passionate about this," or, "Or this is just who I am." Well, if who you are as a Christian. It's not somebody who lets your speech always be seasoned with grace. You need to work on who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, think about that idea of, uh, I mentioned this recently in a sermon. If Paul were writing this to the church at um, North Texas today, uh, rather than to the Colossian church, I wonder if he wouldn't say, let your post always be seasoned with grace. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. Let what you write on social media always be seasoned with grace mm-hmm. um, or seasoned with salt so that you will know and then listen so you will know how you should respond to every person. Much of what people write on on social media or post is a reaction to what somebody else has said or mm-hmm. done. And mm-hmm. Paul said, you need to know how you should respond to every person. Uh, I looked up one translation says this. When you talk, you should always be kind and pleasant, so you will be able to answer everyone in the way that you should. Wow! Another one says yeah. your speech should always be gracious. So that that's these and these are 
what we should remember is, Keith, this, this is not a suggestion. This is a command from the Holy Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. It's written in the imperative language. Mm-hmm. This is not something you can choose to do if you want to or something you can do when you feel like it. This is big. This is always, it's always got to be that way. Mm-hmm. And one of the things to add on to that is that if, if I want to, to react and respond and post or whatever it is, the way the Lord would do that, if I'm trying to follow his footsteps, if I'm trying to, what Colossians 3 says and Philippians 2 says, and I think about Galatians 4.19, let Christ be formed in you. If I'm really trying to do that, then I ought to look at how Jesus handled it. Mm-hmm. And I always go to 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, verse 21 and following, where Peter says that Christ left as an example, mm-hmm. that we should follow in his steps. Uh, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. Uh, while suffering, he uttered no threats, but he kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And yes. we desperately need to try to follow his example there. Yes. Uh, somebody says, well, you don't know what they said to me, or mm-hmm. you don't know what they did to me. Well, unless they've hung you on a cross, mm-hmm. Uh, like they hung Jesus mm-hmm. on a cross, you don't have much right to, to act in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, as we see so many, so many strange things happening in 2020, and especially recently over the past uh, month and a half now, as as our country's been reeling with civil unrest, one of the things that uh, Lindsay continues to say to me is that uh, our world desperately needs more empathy and I think as yes. as individuals we um, we have been conditioned uh, to believe that it's all about me and um, yes. you know the idea of thinking about what the other person may be going through and again we may we may feel that someone has wronged us maybe they've said something that has hurt our feelings but as you've pointed out uh, Peter's very clear regarding Christ and and Christ's suffering and Christ's example that we are to follow Uh, and so that that comes all the way back to where really we started with the idea of being followers of Jesus and reflecting him and you know if, if Christ uh, suffered if if Christ did not uh, you know revile in return uh, then should we um, empathy may be uh, the the biggest uh, the biggest challenge for for us as individuals to learn and to remember uh, putting ourselves in someone else's place someone said that uh, opinion uh, is the lowest form of human knowledge, and empathy is the highest form of human knowledge. Uh, opinion requires uh, requires you know no background, nothing except for what I think. Uh, and then empathy, though, requires me to step into someone else's world. Uh, yes, sir. And, and I wonder, you know, uh, in our communication with you know, with others, and and particularly um, even hiding behind the keyboard, as it were, or or the smartphone, as it were. Um, You know, I wonder how much of 
what we're saying and, and the way we're responding to people just simply is a lack of empathy. Yes, I, I believe that's exactly right. And again, if we, if we can remember how Christ responded and reacted and see the empathy that he had for those people, you know, Father, forgive these people. They do not mm-hmm. know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's, that is so true of many situations in life there are many people who don't understand the depth of the pain that they're creating for somebody else so immediate human response is I've got to help them and I've got to show them where they're wrong mm-hmm. but the divine response is show them love um, and, and remember they don't they don't know what they're doing mm-hmm. they don't have a, a lot of don't have a clue of what they're doing but as people of God, we do know, we, we do have a clue, and, and we have to try to model what Christ did for us. And that last verse of, there in First Peter 2, where he talks about in verse 23, he committed himself to him, him who judges righteously. Mm-hmm. Some, sometimes the best thing we can do is not say anything and not respond at all and just turn it over to God. And I think that's the way Jesus handled it. Mm-hmm. He did not revile back. He did not utter threats back. He just he entrusted himself to the one who judges righteously. Yes. And if we can if we can get to that place where I don't feel like I have to respond to everything somebody says or everything somebody writes or posts or or every every news media report that I, I don't have to say some, have something to say about all of that. Mm-hmm. Many times the best thing I can do is, is keep my mouth shut and turn my computer screen where I can't write mm-hmm. and pray about it, turn it over to him who judges righteously. Mm-hmm. Because we don't judge righteously oftentimes because we're not, we're not equipped to judge righteously. So if I turn it over to him, I know he's going to handle it the right way. And oftentimes I know if I try to handle it, I'm not going to handle it the right way. Yes. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate so much uh, your heart and your your passion for proclaiming the good news and, and your desire to, to help others grow uh, as they seek to be followers of Jesus as well. Thank you, Jeff, so much for joining well, us. Well, thank you, Keith. It's a pleasure to be with you always. Love and appreciate you, brother. You've been listening to the Life in the Rock podcast. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's conversation. Thank you for joining us.